Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. I have a I have a goal set for how I'm going to get how quickly I'm going to get through this lesson. We'll see if it happens. But if you got your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter number 26. Genesis chapter number 26. As you're turning, if you want to pull your phone out too, no handouts today, but I am going to encourage you uh, to put this in your phone. Maybe put it in a notebook. Um, I don't know that I ever really ask you to do this, but um, obviously I've been trying to maybe encourage you to put some stuff that I feel like that is specifically helpful to you in your phone. But I'm going to encourage you, and one of the reasons why I want to kind of keep this short and succinct is because I want to encourage you to maybe go back and listen to it again um, at some point during this week, maybe on your drive, uh, maybe as you're headed to Thanksgiving, maybe as you're um, baking or cooking or whatever your, your part in Thanksgiving is, sleeping, um, if that's your part in Thanksgiving, um, go back and listen to this. And um, this is going to be really the introduction lesson. Not every lesson is going to be like this. Other lessons are going to kind of be story-based. Um, but this is going to be an introduction lesson of our new series entitled Blessings, um, Finding the Blessing in the Midst of the Burden. Um, and I think that the reason that I, the, the Lord has led me this, number one, I have said this before, but I very rarely, if ever, I cannot recall of a time that I ever taught you something that I was not um, learning and trying to teach myself and growing in um, already. And so the Lord has kind of led me to this. And here's, let me just quickly give you the background as to why. Um, as I look at kind of the state of our church, state of our country, state of Christianity, state of our class, um, one of the things that I am recognizing that I am seeing is that it just kind of feels like everybody's stuck. Um, it just kind of feels like there's a ceiling that everybody has hit. There is a overarching apathy in Christianity to where it just feels like everyone's kind of like, okay, this is this could be when Jesus Christ is coming back and uh, maybe I'm not going to jump ship, but I'm also not really going to um, elevate anything in my Christian life. And, and there's even moments to where some of the stuff, I, I wish I could give you a glimpse into kind of the day-to-day of, of ministry life. It, it, it feels... Um, I don't want to say that I felt frustrated as much as maybe a little bit disappointed, um, as much as maybe a little bit I don't, I don't even, confused would probably be a better term. Um, it just seems like that when Satan is doing his best work, it doesn't always show immediately, but it shows gradually and subtly, and it shows in the lives of people. And sometimes that means things that are going on in people's lives. Sometimes that means things that are changing. Sometimes that is disappointment and involvement. Sometimes that is disappointment and maybe what you hear of someone's life. And so all of that, I think, if, I, if you drill down on it, is just simply the result of not knowing and understanding how God works. Um, I think that you can go and you can sit in a church service and you can tell that people aren't where they were in 2019. Um, people's heads are cluttered, people's minds are distracted, 
people are struggling to worship the Lord. Um, people are struggling to give to the Lord. Now, I'm not necessarily talking financially. I'm, I'm talking about we, we are struggling to make an extra sacrifice and go another step for the Lord. And so all of that comes directly back to uh, how we view God. And here's, I guess, to kind of start the, the series and to kind of kick things off. You know, one of the reasons why we worship God is we, we worship the Lord and we praise the Lord. And as we get ready to go into Thanksgiving, we praise Him and we thank Him for the blessings, don't we? We thank Him for all that He has done. We, the song that we just sang, Count Your Many Blessings. I want to try to leave us enough time to sing that again at the end because I think it goes perfectly along with what we're, what we're going to talk about. The problem is, is that God has not stopped His blessing but he has made the burdens a little bit more evident in people's lives. Okay, I want to say that again. God has not stopped his blessings, but he has made the burdens a little bit more evident in most people's lives. Um, many of you over the course of the last year, as I look across our class, our class in the last year has had more deaths associated with people in our class's family than we've ever had probably before. Um, we've had people in this room that have lost parents. We've had people in this room who have lost grandparents in the last year. We've had people in this room who have, been, who have had friends and family members on the brink of death. Um, we've had people in the room who have lost pastors. Um, we've had people in the room that have lost friends. You've lost loved ones. Okay, There's been a lot of grief for a young adult class. Um, we've had people in the room that have lost jobs. We've had people in the room that have maybe changed or transitioned jobs. We've had people in the room who have had breakups. We've had people in the room that have uh, had serious trials over the course of the last year. If nothing else, even many of you just dealing with the daily uncertainty of what the world looks like is a heavy burden. And God has not stopped his blessings. He's just maybe made the burdens a little bit more evident. And so my goal with this series as we move into a holiday season, I get pretty sentimental. Like I'm the type of person to where like once Thanksgiving and Christmas kind of rolls around, like I want to spend time with my family. I want to sit by a fire and drink hot chocolate and like not do anything. Okay. Like that's kind of the mode that I get into. I don't want to experience trouble in my own life. I don't want to experience, I want, don't want the people that I love and pray for to experience trouble in their life. But the truth is, is that we will never have a burden free life. You can't make that. But what you can do is you can have a perspective where the blessings are elevated rather than the burdens. And I want to try to accomplish that over the course of the next couple of weeks. And so with that in mind, we're going to look at Genesis chapter number 26. I don't think I've ever been more excited to teach a lesson uh, than today. And I pray that if it doesn't hit home with you today, that you'll have this in your phone for maybe a rainy day where it does. But today we're going to start lesson number one. Uh, and the title of the lesson is Digging for the blessing, digging for the blessing uh, as we start this new series about finding blessings in the midst of burdens. Let's begin reading in verse number 18 of Genesis chapter number 26. The Bible says this, And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. There's a lot in that verse. We're not going to take the time to necessarily uh, drill down on it, but I want you to at least have that verse in your mind as far as what Isaac was doing. 
Verse number 19, And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. And they digged another well and strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence and digged another well, and for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. The Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there, called upon the name of the Lord, and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged a well. I want you to read that verse again with me in your mind, okay? The Lord shows up. He says, I'm going to bless you. What does Isaac's process look like? And he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged a well. When you identify the blessings in your life, it is important that you have a process that keeps you there rather than refocus yourself on the burdens. Isaac, when, he, when God showed up and he says, I'm going to bless you, Isaac said, what, can I, what do I need to do to stay here? So he worships, he digs a well, he pitches his tent. Okay, continue reading. Then Abimelech went to him from Gerar and Ahuzath, one of his friends, and, and Fico, we'll go Fichoy, how about that? And uh, the chief captain of his army. And Isaac said unto them, Wherefore come ye to me, seeing ye hate me? So Abimelech, who showed up earlier in the chapter, he says, And have sent me away from you. And they said, We saw certainly that the Lord was with thee. And we said, Let us there be now an oath betwixt us, even betwixt us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee. He says, and then he says in verse number 29, that thou wilt do us no hurt as we have not touched thee and as we have done nothing, done unto thee nothing but good and have sent thee away in peace. Thou art now the blessed of the Lord. And he made them a feast and they did eat and drink and they rose up be times in the morning and swear one to another. And Isaac sent them away and they departed in peace peace. Okay. I want you to go back up. I want you to notice all of the blessings of this passage, all of the blessings of this passage. And I want to talk to you for just a couple of minutes uh, about this lesson, digging for the blessing. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for who you are and for Lord, how you bless us. Lord, in some ways, I don't even know that we are good at recognizing just how much you bless us. Lord, as we move into a season of thanksgiving, a season of praise, a season where we are called to be thankful, there may be some in this room who truly believe they have nothing to be thankful for because of the burdens they are carrying. And Lord, while many of us step back and we look at the digging that occurs in this life and the burden that comes with it, Throughout each, you have scattered blessings. And so, God, I ask you to help us to be careful to recognize that and, Lord, to praise you for it. 
I ask you would give me the words to say as we move throughout this lesson, as we move throughout this series. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of you remember going to a restaurant, maybe when you were a child, and you got one of the kids' menus, and it's got like all those different puzzles and the stuff that's supposed to keep your kid from like playing with the salt shakers and playing with the sugar packets and stuff. And one of the things that seemed like that it showed up on every one, every or some of those every now and then, or maybe showed up on your achievement test, would be a picture. Okay, a picture of like a bunch of things, and it would say, "Find the seven things that are wrong with this picture." How many of you remember that? All right, anybody? Make sure I'm not crazy. All right, find the seven things that are wrong with this picture and so it would be a clown that was upside down or or someone who didn't have a nose or something like that and you had to find what was wrong with the picture and so there was all this noise and all these things that looked completely normal but it was your job to identify what was wrong with the picture it's interesting to me that none of those pictures ever said identify what is right with the picture there was nothing that ever said, go and find the thousand things that are right. Go and find the 50 things that are completely normal. And sometimes as human beings, we have a tendency to look at our life and we're really good at finding the seven things that are wrong. We're really good at identifying the seven burdens that we're carrying. We're really good at finding the five things that are out of the normal and we're not very good at finding the hundreds and even thousands of blessings that we have in our day-to-day -day lives. And when you move into a season of thanksgiving, when you move into a season of praise, it's easy to identify the blessings. But sometimes what we are so bad at is we're bad at identifying the blessings in the midst of the burdens. We're bad at seeing how God is working sometimes even in our negativity. We're bad at seeing the faithfulness and the goodness of God in the wickedness and badness of this life. And my goal is simply this. I want to change your perspective as we move into Thanksgiving. I don't want to, I've, in the past I've challenged you to sit down and I, I've done this exercise before and it sounds easy but it actually gets very difficult to sit down and write a hundred things that you're thankful for, okay? The truth is, is that we can kind of do that and, and all of a sudden that list gets really desperate, okay? Like, like you get to like number 46 and you're like, I'm thankful for painted walls and I'm thankful for lights and like, like you just begin looking around and finding things that you're thankful for. But one of the things that I want to try to teach you today and throughout this lesson is that just because things in life are difficult does not change the goodness of God. And my goal is simply this, to take a burden that you may be carrying, and to try to teach you how to identify the blessings in the midst of that burden. Because then all of a sudden the burden seems a little bit lighter. We can begin to make sense of the burden. In some ways we can even begin to rejoice in the burden, simply because we have a perspective on it to where we understand that it is for our good and for God's glory. And so I want to give you six statements. The reason why I was going to, I want you to put these in your phone is because they're a little bit long and I didn't feel like trying to do fill in the blanks, okay? Um, then we'll close with a challenge. But the first one is this straight from the passage. I want you to see this, is that blessings and burdens are in the will of God. Blessings and burdens are in the will of God. Isaac is doing exactly what God has called him and told him to do. 
He's redigging the wells that Abraham, his father, had dug. He, he's kind of beginning to take ownership and claim this uh, part, this part of the country. So he's doing what God has called him to do. And sometimes we just this is, the series is on the cusp of a series that we finished up on God's will. Sometimes that we assume that God's will will be free of burdens. Okay. We assume that, well, if I'm following God, then that means nothing wrong or something, nothing bad is ever going to happen. I'm never going to have to deal with this. I'm never going to... And the blessings of God coexist with the burdens of life. Okay? Being in the will of God does not negate the burdens that you will experience in this life. So both blessings and burdens are in the will of God. You will experience both. If you believe that following God is going to make your life free of burdens, you've missed the reasoning behind it. That's a prosperity gospel. That is, follow God to take away your troubles. That's not the way that God works. Okay? Both blessings and burdens are in the will of God. But then notice secondly is this. Burdens move you, but blessings keep you. Burdens move you, but blessings keep you. Two times in the passage, and if you really go up even further than that, Isaac experiences some sort of burden. Okay? He rolls into Abimelech's kingdom, and Abimelech looks at him and he says, you need to get out of here, you've almost brought God's curse on our country, you need to move. Okay? He has to uproot his family and move somewhere else, so he begins to redig these wells, and once he begins to redig these wells in the valley of Gerar, then all of a sudden he begins to have opposition. The herdsmen of Gerar say, that's not your well, that's our well. And so he has to move again, and he names that one Esek. And then he digs and finds another one, and they, they take opposition up with him. They say, that's not your well, that's our well. And so he has to move again, and he names that one Sitna. And finally, he finds one, he digs it out, and they, there's no opposition, okay? But he moves again to Beersheba. And I want you to look at this, okay? Burdens will often change the where but they will not change the what and the why. Every single time Isaac moves to a new situation and a new location, he does not change what he's doing and why he's doing it. And burdens have a way of sometimes shifting us, but blessings have a way of never changing us, of solidifying us, of keeping us following after God. And let me just encourage you with this. Burdens will be the thing that make you want to quit. Burdens will be the thing that cause you to move. Burdens will be the things that cause you to transition and to change things in your life. But blessings are the things that you need to keep your eyes focused on so as to not become bitter at God and change your why and change your what. Burdens make you change. Burdens will cause you to maybe have to readjust things in your life, but they should never change your why, why God has placed you on this earth and what you are doing to serve Him. So burdens will move you, but blessings will keep you. And then thirdly is this, blessings are a call for worship. Blessings are a call for worship. In verse number 25, he said, or verse number 24, God appears and he says, I am the Lord thy God of Abraham. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee. Verse number 25. What is Isaac's response? Isaac's response is, cool, God's on my side. Well, what a blessing. No, Isaac's response is, I'm going to build an altar here. And I want you to listen to this, okay? Abraham built wells to sustain his people physically. 
Isaac built altars to sustain his people spiritually. Guys in the room especially, you are the leaders of, you will eventually be the leaders of family. You will be the ones that are responsible for the spiritual and physical and emotional and relational well-being of your home. And if all you do is teach your family and provide for your family physically and never provide for them spiritually, you have failed your family. You, you failed your family. I don't care how much money you bring in. I don't care what your, what your retirement looks like at the end of your life. If your son or your daughter don't know how to walk with God biblically, you have failed your family. And sometimes in the South and, and really just masculinity as a whole, we assume that, well, I'll teach my son to shoot a gun and I'm going to teach my son to shoot a gun. Or I'm going to teach my son how to hunt and I'm going to teach him how to fish and I've done all of those things with my son. But if all he walks out of my house knowing is how to shoot a gun, how to hunt, how to fish, and never knows how to get a hold of God, I have failed him. And in this passage, Isaac builds an altar where Abraham had built a well. That's not a knock on Abraham, but here's what it is. It shows that Isaac prioritized the spiritual. And when you identify a blessing in your life, when God brings you through something, I know that right now we do not have the, we're, we're not altar builders, okay? But I think that we should be in some ways. I wish I could find a way in my own life, and I've even, been, I've even researched this a little bit, to where when God brings me through something, I want to have something physical to hold on to. Do you realize what the altars did in the children of Israel? When they passed by it, they knew that that meant that God had done something there. And you and I, you know what we're good at? Sometimes we're good at every Thanksgiving saying, Oh, the Lord has brought me through 2021. He's so good to me. I sure love him. I'm so thankful for him. And then 2022, God, are you going to handle this? Are you going to fix this, or, or how am I going to deal with this? And the altar was there as an opportunity for him to worship. And so blessings, when you recognize the blessing, it is a call for worship. And then fourthly is this. Live in the blessings, not the burdens. I've already alluded to this a little bit, so I won't take the time to go too deeply into it for sake of time. Live in the blessings, not the burdens. It's interesting to me that not only does Isaac build an altar, but he decides to pitch his tent there. He decides to stay. And sometimes the reason why I think that we're so quick to miss the blessing is because we're guilty to move back on to the burden. We, we say, oh man, God, thank you so much. You're so good to me. Now let me remind you of these hundred things that are still wrong with my life. Let, let, me, let me refocus your attention back onto what's not right. And many times we don't just live and stay where God is blessing. But then I also want you to notice this, is that not only does he pitch his tent there, but he decides to dig a well there. This is the only time that we see Isaac digging his own well. In every other part of this story, he's going and he's redigging out what Abraham had dug. But in this passage in Beersheba, and in this context, he decides to dig his own. Meaning this, that if God is there and God is blessing, you need to make every opportunity you can to stay right there. To stay where he's already at work. To live there for a little bit 
to continue worshiping there, to continue allowing his blessings to flow. Then number five is this, and we'll be done. We've got one more after this. Show others the blessings rather than the burdens. I want you to skip down. Verse number 28, the Bible says this. This is Abimelech, uh, Amuzath, and Fichoi, which is probably Fichoi, now that I think back on it, all right? But um, he says this in verse number 28. We, certain, we saw certainly that the Lord was with thee. Can I just give you something very quickly for sake of time? I'm trying to fly through this, okay? Sometimes what we are good at noticing in our lives is the burdens, and we fail to realize that others often are quick to realize the blessings. When someone looks at your life from the outside in, you see all of the burdens, but many times they see all of the blessings. I don't know that that's a perspective that we comprehend. We see all of the bills that we have to pay and all the things that we have to take care of and going and we have oh the burden of going and buying groceries and while the rest of the world probably would look from the outside in and think aren't you glad that you have a grocery store aren't you glad that you have food today Some of the things that we complain about are the things that the rest of the world wishes they had And that's not just true with third world countries that's true with even amongst yourself is that sometimes you see all of the things that you're carrying in this life and those from the outside are looking and they're thinking, man, that's a blessing that they have this. It's a blessing that they have that relationship with their dad and mom. It's a blessing that they can still do that. It's a blessing that they have that health. It's a blessing that they have that body. Others see the blessings and many times we are quick to diagnose the burdens and then number six and we'll be done. I don't even know if you're allowed to give six points in a sermon. I always heard it was three, four, or seven, so I'm pretty sure this is against the law. But number six, don't let the burden of digging distract you from the blessings of God. Don't let the burden of digging distract you from the blessings of God. Sometimes we get weary with having to dig and find stuff, don't we? We get weary with just the monotony and the just day-to-day life. And we see it as a burden. Can't imagine Isaac out in that desert heat every single day, him and his servants trying to dig out a well. But underneath the well was the blessing of water, was the promise of a great country, was the promise of what he had ahead of him. I want you just to take just a moment and identify your, bless, or identify your burdens, okay? Don't live there, don't dwell there. But what are the blessings in the midst of that? Can I read you something? I wasn't planning on doing this, but I, just, I, think, that, I think that it will help you, okay? I don't normally try to read stuff off my phone. Jacob saw the burden of the journey. God saw the blessing of the destination. Jacob saw the opposition. God saw the coming blessing. Jacob saw the digging, God saw the water. We see the burden of COVID-19, mask mask mandates, vaccine mandates, all this stuff. God sees the blessings of his people becoming discontent with the present world. We see political warfare, God sees a renewed trust in him. 
You may see relationship struggles. God sees the one that he's leading you to. You may see a stressful job. God sees the providence of his hand. You may see stacks of clothes around your house. God sees the blessing of clothing. You may see the burdens of life, but God sees the blessings. And many times what we roll into a Thanksgiving season doing is we roll into it saying, well, I have to go and I have to find all of the blessings. And we just kind of for the next couple of days, we put all of our burdens in a box. Well, let's don't touch that. It's Thanksgiving. We're rolling into Christmas season. Let's don't touch the burdens. When what would change in our lives if we begin to unpack the burdens and say, God, this is the blessings that you've given me in the midst of these. So here's my challenge to you. This Thanksgiving, pull out a sheet of paper and rather than writing 100 blessings, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. I'm going to encourage you to identify three to five burdens, okay? And under each of those burdens, find the five blessings in them. Five each. Five blessings in the burdens. Some of you, your burdens right now are your job situation. What's five blessings in that? Some of you right now, your burdens are relationship struggles. What's five blessings in those relationship struggles? Some of you, your burden is financial. Your burden is emotional. Your burden is maybe sin. Your burden is whatever. What are the blessings in the midst of those burdens? With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray and we'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.